On July 30th, 20 years ago, more than 450,000 people joined the Rolling Stones, Rush, ACDC, and a stellar lineup of performers for an event unofficially known as SARS Talk. At the 20th anniversary of that record-breaking event, Dennis Mills, your host of this podcast, chatted with celebrated radio broadcaster, Greg Brady, on his program, Toronto Today with Greg Brady. We feature that unedited conversation in this episode of The Life of a Servant. Keep listening to learn more about the untold story behind that event. You'll also hear why Canada's Prime Minister should consider collaborating and serving more closely with the Mayor of Toronto to address the big challenges we face today. is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's News, Today's Talk. 640 Toronto. That's uh, live. Well, not live, but it's a live song. It's not happening right now. That's the Stones with Justin Timberlake on stage. Yeah, they invited him back out, and he was a good sport for coming out. And he thought, well, this will be the worst uh, worst thing that happens to me. And then, then the Super Bowl with Janet Jackson happened um, seven months later. So things got better after that. Let's put it that way. 450,000 people at the largest outdoor ticket event in Canadian history, and it still holds that record. Molson Canadian Rocks for Toronto, also known as SARS stock, and we're lucky enough to have um, the uh, MP that helped spearhead this concert. Took a lot of pulling and tugging, ran a lot of different directions during the SARS era, but this concert happened on July 30th of 2003. He is Dennis Mills. Dennis, thank you very much for coming on Toronto today. I greatly appreciate it. Greg, a uh, real pleasure to be on your show, and I really enjoyed listening to the discussion before I came on. It was so appropriate uh, in light of the 20-year experience uh, well, that we had with the, the rock concert, because our event was all about collaboration, cooperation, federal government, provincial government, municipal, police, etc., and that's exactly what we need to do today to solve the housing crisis. Let's stick with that for a sec, because I'd love to hear your perspective on that. It did feel like that 2003, at least in Canada, Dennis, was more an era where you and I could have 20 issues and maybe we'd agree on 16 or 17 of them, you know, mildly disagree on one, maybe adamantly disagree on a couple, but we could agree on the 16 things to get done. Now it's almost like, I don't like one idea you have, now I don't like you, and, and, and I'm cutting you out of my life. It feels like that's politics in this day and age. Well, that's exactly, you've, you've nailed it. And, and, but, I, but I tell you, and I'm a liberal, as you know, uh, a federal liberal, and I really believe that the issue is not Olivia Chow, the mayor of Toronto. I believe that the real issue is our prime minister has to come to Toronto, sit in a room for two weeks with Olivia to help Olivia, because as Toronto goes, the nation goes. We represent 20% of the gross national product of this country. And unless we get Toronto fixed and fast, 
uh, we're all going to be in trouble. The, the canoe will tip as you properly described before I came on the air. Well, that's what I, uh, you know, but that's what I didn't like uh, about the tone and just a letter from Christopher Freeland last week to Olivia Chow. Um, just, just playing wrong. Wrong. And, and, and yet, and yet um, you can't control Freeland's actions, but all, like we can't control things that happen to us in life. We can control how we react to them. But I need Chow not to throw her arms up in the air and go, well, I tried three weeks in. How about taking in some refugees into Toronto homes? I need her to push hard back because we need we need a battler. And uh, and and I need to make sure that she's she's you know, she can put her shoulder pads and uh, and and and, hel- and helmet on and go marching to Queen's Park and go marching to the House of Commons and say your she, response wasn't yeah, good enough. Yeah, but Greg, she shouldn't have to do that. I know, I know, but I know. This is, this is this is we're putting the we're putting the emphasis on the wrong person. When we did SARS twenty years ago, I didn't go to the mayor of the city of Toronto or Premier Eves, even though they helped. I went to the Prime Minister. I called Jean Chrétien and I said, Jean. The Stones are willing to do this, but we got to step up. And Cretchen, to his credit, said, well, get Fantino on side uh, for the security and the police and we'll be in. And that's what happened. And Fantino wrote a letter in five minutes once I met with him. And that's the kind of thing that we need to do now. Our problems in Toronto start at the top. Olivia Chow can't do this by herself. That city council doesn't have one hundredth of the power that the Prime Minister of Canada has in terms of getting Toronto where it needs to be. I agree with you. Um, and I don't know how it got there, but but you just documented it. We've arrived here. So it doesn't almost like it's rear view mirror stuff, not from you and not from me, but we're where we're at now for a lot of reasons. We just have to figure out how we pick ourselves up off the ground and come up with solutions here. And, and right now, there's just so much finger pointing. There's just and, and I saw it during the mayor election. So did you. There, there was there was too much of it. and There weren't tangible ideas. Uh, Greg, I totally agree with you, but now is now. And I'll tell you, again, going back to our 20th anniversary moment, which mm-hmm. is why he wanted me on the show, and we're trying to make it relevant to today's scene. Yeah. The, the, the word that I would describe 20 years ago was selflessness. This was Ernie Eves, all the Western premiers, uh, uh, the city of Toronto. We were all in the same canoe, and we all knew that if anybody tried to do the wrong thing, the whole canoe would tip and we'd all go in. And so we all collaborated, cooperated. It was an act of selflessness and selflessness, serving the people, selflessness needs to be brought back into the political environment. I, I, I love the concept. I, I wish we had that world in 2003. I wish I wish we had no social media. I wish we weren't doing things, Dennis, if you will, for clicks and likes or because it'll it'll land well with with the public. I think we did less photo ops then and more practical stuff. There's always going to be photo ops and politicians, as you know, will politic. But I just think we're too stuck in, in the mud right now. And it's very frustrating. I, I, I'm looking for I'm looking for people I'm not cynical about, Dennis, and it's harder to find than ever. Well, but but your job, uh, Greg, and I say this respectfully as one of the leading journalists in Canada. Thank you. Your job is to push the prime minister to get into action in Toronto. Tell him to move into Olivia Chow's office for two weeks and help her out. She cannot do this by herself. Hmm. Yeah, 
I, I, I hear you. And, and, and I also think I'd like to hear more from city council of, of stepping up. I think she took a lot of, a lot of slings and arrows from the police last week. I would have liked to see the city council step up and say, you know, either we're all in this together or we're not. Somebody needs to facilitate Dennis. That bad relationship goes back to when you were um, an MP between Chow and the police. And we need to figure out a way to make it work. And by the way, the police aren't, aren't innocent victims here. They've, they've made their own bed at times with the community at times with the marginalized people in the city at times with the black community in the city. We got to call, call, call things as they are sometimes. And we've got to figure out a way to make it better going forward instead of worrying about what we did 15, 20 years ago. Well, I've had my differences with Olivia Chow, but if Olivia Chow called me right now and asked me to take out her garbage for the next month in her office for the sake of the city of Toronto, I would happily do it. And that's what I really think the national leader has to do as well, has to get involved and help her out. Dennis Mills, the former uh, Toronto area uh, MP, um, and he's joining us now, helping get SARS Fest together 20 years ago yesterday was the concert that really brought Toronto back. Dennis, what do you remember about the very first conversation you had? And did the did the idea just grow bigger and bigger and bigger as the conversations went along? Well, the the the, the first thing that uh, happened, uh, there was a great uh, business, local business community that came together with all kinds of ideas because, as you know, our hospitality industry, hotels, restaurants, etc., had totally collapsed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the plan was for not the summer of 2003. It was for 2004. Well, in my riding out there in the Danforth, they had over 300 restaurants. They wouldn't have been able to see September, let alone next year. So I went up and uh, had a visit with Michael Cole. And, and really, I give Michael Cole all the credit uh, for making this happen because I sat with him and I said, Michael, you know, the city's been good to the both of us. You've got the stones. I think I can deliver the government. And what do you think of this idea? Because the Stones have global reach. And he said, I totally agree with you. He said, they're on tour in Europe. And uh, he said, uh, I'll talk to the boys tonight and I'll let you know tomorrow whether or not we can arrange something because there's a about a two-week break towards the end of July on the European tour. And so to Michael's credit and the Stones' credit, of course, the following day I got a fax saying that they were ready to make the time, but here's the price. Now, you have to know that I was practically stoned uh, <laughs> uh, because, because everybody thought I was nuts uh, wanting to use taxpayers' money uh, to give uh, to Mick Jagger and the Stones. And so uh, we came to a compromise in the city on talk shows like yours mm-hmm. where we said, The community said, and they were forceful, no taxpayers' money for the artists. That has to be the private sector. So then fast forward to Dan O'Neill, two days later, the then president of Molson's, and he said, we're in. We're in for the artists. Uh, You've got to deliver the government. And then, uh, so then, uh, so so those those were three really defining days of uh, must these things in order. So the show's in late July. What day do the what what day do you get all these commitments from Rush, yeah, ACDC, the Stones? We had, How we had, we had ten weeks to put it together. Okay. Now I I will tell you this: one of the real advantages that we had was the fact that the year before uh, we did 
the Pope uh, at Downsview. So we had a template for washroom security, transportation challenges, et cetera, et cetera. And so that was a big advantage. Mm-hmm. But, but in the end, in the end, uh, we needed to not just Chief Julian Fantino, but we needed the TTC. We needed wheel yes. trans. And, and again, I, I know I'm probably boring your readers or your listeners no. when I say this. The collaboration and the cooperation in that 10-week period was amazing. I remember about a month before the event, we were $2 million short to get this job done. And I called Ernie Eves, and Ernie Eves was so amazing. He said, I'm going to send Tony Clement up there, who was the then health minister, of course, responsibility for SARS. Tony came right to the field at Downsview and he said, I'm going to make this happen. And he brought uh, Ron um, Fabro from uh, the Ontario Lottery and Gaming. They went around. They saw that the reason we needed the extra money is we were going to do this mile-long barbecue because of uh, the beef situation in Western Canada. Yeah. And and the decision was made. And, and that kind of uh, hands-on, get your hands done, uh, you know, dirty mix it up, go to the actual site, hang around. And quite frankly, Ralph Klein, uh, the, the uh, premier of uh, Alberta, he was practically on the site for about three full weeks, sort of leading up to the final event. And, and again, I'm repeating myself, but that's the kind of action we need today. I uh, it's so fascinating. And, and again, it's such a it's such a legacy. And I'm, I'm so glad you let us reach out to you to to remember how how it was important because of the event itself, Dennis. But th- but then it was also there were so many ripple effects and it felt like on a global stage, Toronto's back. It helped those restaurants on the Danforth, but it also helped tourism. It also helped people again, similar to where we were probably a year ago this time. It's OK to gather again. It's OK to get back together. It's OK to live the life that you were living in 2019 again without judgment. Like it was so important to push us forward in 2003, 2004. Well, let me tell your listeners one really fascinating story on that point. Uh, my colleague uh, that worked hand in glove with me on this, Senator Jerry Grafstein, uh, we, you know, our, the objective, of course, was to get our signal and message all over the world. So we decided one day to reach out to the minister, or not the minister, the secretary of defense uh, for the United States, because we wanted to get it to all the U.S. military bases there in 97 countries, etc. And so I said, but Jerry, I'm not making that call because MP in the United States means nothing. Senator means something. (laughs) So we got the phone number from Tom Donahue, the head of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, because he loved the idea and he loved Toronto Mm -hmm. and Canada. And Senator Grafstein called uh, the uh, Secretary of Defense and uh, the Chief of Staff came on the line. Yes, Senator, what can I do for you? Well, we were doing this. And he said, I'll get back to you in 20 minutes. 20 minutes later, he says, I have the secure U.S. defense satellite for your signal. We'll ship this to 97 bases around the world, our 182 ships at sea, and we'll also put it up on the space station. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, Greg, where where do you get that? I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Music for astronauts, because they they need that sometimes. Hey, I got a blast time-wise, but by the way, I know what a... um, I know what an advocate for Toronto's waterfront you are. So please come on in the next week or two 
And let's talk about Ontario Place. I'd love to do that with you just to talk about oh, your boy. vision. Where I know, okay, where it's going to go. I, I'm happy to do it, but you, you know, you can't. I, you can't swear. You can use some swear words, but not others. How about how about those <laughs> those parameters? It was uh, it was fun chatting with you. Let's get uh, Trudeau uh, working in. Uh, in Olivia Chow's office and get things on the right track. Okay, in her, in her basement with his own laundry. I gotcha. <laughs> to wash those socks. Thanks, Dennis. I appreciate <laughs> it. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news, today's talk. 640 Toronto. You have been listening to The Life of a Servant, a Dennis Mills podcast. Visit DennisMills.com for more information and archived episodes of this program.